This episode has been brought to you by one of our patrons, Sean. If you'd like your name shouted out, head over to patreon.com slash powerplaythrough today. If this was a regular show, this file would be called PP Big. But it's PPP Big. I guess that's like the the upper limit of PPs. That's a big PP. Put another P on it. That's the PPP. How big is this PP? PPP big. You had the power for about an hour. This town's about to make your town. You are listening to Power Playthrough, a podcast granted to you by a wish from an unplugged genie at the carnival. I, the instantly older Dan, is with you, and my younger friend who reaps the benefits, Freddy. Today, this is your day. It is my day. It is my day. My birthday isn't here yet, but this is kind of like an early birthday present. Because we're talking about big and boy... Boy, oh boy, is my brain fucking stuck. Well, it's exactly um, the parts we knew you would hyper-focus on, you did. You know, that's, yeah. it's just it's academic. Yeah. But like you've said before our previous recording, you have seen this movie before. Several times. Several times. When was the most recent time, you'd say? When was the most recent time? I would probably say uh, Year of Our Lord 2012. Okay. A sense of, uh, like a sensible recently. Yes. Gotcha. Had anything changed for you, like uh, in regards to your view of this movie with this most recent rewatch? Has anything on this movie? Oh, we're doing big just to let you all know, um, changed on my view of this movie in the most recent rewatch. Um, yes, because I was able to hear Susan's thoughts at the end of the movie. She's trying to rationalize this very, um, supernatural occurrence. Like no, a, she's not. Like I said, like I said at the fucking beginning, we're going from the most like grounded in reality to now we're all the way at the end of this our our January month. Now we're in the supernatural of things because this movie, well, it's like a very real movie, but the whole plot hinges on a wildly supernatural thing happening. So we had a real big moment together in 2017 at Morphicon. You know that? Did we? Yeah, it's the thing we talk about pretty regularly when we talk to Mr. Oh. S from CS Toys. <laughs> I was the Josh to your Billy in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I had I, some I, money in my pocket and you're like, oh, dude. And I was yeah, like, well, I'm a big adult, so I'll just pay for this. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, we're... Um... <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like our dynamic in 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 general is a lot of like <laughs> us at the bank you know and um 
Dan, you handle this part. Yeah, yeah, and then didn't like cash it. Like, <laughs> what? What? What is this? A hundred. $172? Is that his paycheck? It was $187.30. $187. And 30 cents. And 30 cents, yeah. And they... What would you like? $100 bill, three dimes, and 87 ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they turned around and huddled and, and that, like, fucking discussed that real quick. I think that's, yeah, I think that's pretty much our, our um, dynamic to a T. I'm definitely a Billy, Billy Kopecky. Yeah. I understand and I, that, and I guess I'm a Josh Baskin. Yeah, you just you, know? you just a, you, you you just an adult man with the heart and mind of a child. That's very true. Yeah, it's very true. So much so today that we're still in the pandy, and there's still some pretty fun loopholes that you can get through. Mm-hmm. And now the adult brain in me says, "Oh, I have a 401k." And the baby brain in me says, oh, yeah, you can take that out with no penalties right now. And you can get yourself a 9.8 signed by Stanley, Todd McFarlane, David Micheline, Amazing Spider-Man 300 for $5,000 out of your 401k, Dan. Just take that money out. Yeah. And I know that's a bad idea. My adult brain goes, no, don't do that, man. Don't do that at all. But my child brain goes, there's no penalty, though. Yeah. What's the consequence? It's your money, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> go, go on boat rides, eat pizza, fucking silly string, and watch Billy Idol music videos. Live in a fucking drug hotel. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a saint. It's religious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have a, a note about how I have a note about that. I only have two notes for this movie. And you're looking at my notes right now, so you see them at the bottom of the sheet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I <laughs> the ones that are even though they're typed, somehow look like they're scribbled frantically. <laughs> <laughs> I was typing them with all of my all of my power while yeah. I was watching it. <laughs> Big is a 1988 American fantasy comedy drama filmed and directed by Penny Marshall, starring Tom Hanks as adult Josh Baskin, who's a young boy who makes a wish to be big and is aged into adulthood overnight. The film also stars Elizabeth Perkins, David Moscow as young Josh, John Hurd, and Robert Loja. It was written by Gary Ross and Annie Spielberg. It was produced by Gracie Films and distributed by 20th Century Fox. Upon release, Big was met with wide critical acclaim, particularly for Hanks' performance, and it was a huge commercial success, grossing $151 million worldwide against a production budget of only $18 million. This proved to be a pivotal point in Hanks' career, establishing him as a major box office draw as well as a critical favorite. This film received Academy Award nominations for Best Actor and Best Original Screenplay. It's definitely a touchstone it is quite important to me i know i've said it like fuck fuck kind of times on on the air (laughs) on recording um it came out in my birth year i probably didn't see it until i was 
13, 12, somewhere around there, and just digging through VHS tapes that we had, and just finding one that had this recorded on it, and I want to say, what else was on there? Fuck. I want to say it had Big and probably Hook. Not, that's a good. That's a good VHS. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that was on there. I, I like. I always remember specifically, like when I when I come across a film for the first time and it was on one of those old VHSs. I usually remember what was on there because we are always recorded in long play because you got to get your dollar, baby. And yeah. I remember one tape my dad recorded had aliens on it, and I would watch that all the time, and then I would turn it off. I would never watch what was afterwards, and until I was like fifteen. And then I watched what was afterwards, and it was fucking The Warriors. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I watched all the way through, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. You, know? you missed out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, But that was my... It was weird, man. You just had fucking tapes that were unlabeled. I, like, knew what was on there by, like, the number. But I wouldn't, you know, I, w- I, I wouldn't go past what I usually watched. Because it was of no concern to me. Because that was just how my mind worked. But as these VHSs, as I was like exploring them more, I was just like, I wonder what's on the rest of this. You know, I would just, I would get this like, you know, in the case of Warrior, the Warriors and fucking Big, I would just get this masterpiece. You know? Man, <laughs> Aliens, Aliens and Warriors yeah. is such a solid night. <laughs> it really is. My dad knew what he was fucking doing with that one. Yeah, man. Like, you're watching Aliens having a fucking intense bro down. <laughs> Even if it's just by yourself. And then you go and you watch the Warriors and you're on the edge of your fucking seat for yeah. most of that movie. Yeah, we'll see in one of the greatest chase films of all time. Yeah, yeah man. and I mean like early on when one of them gets thrown in front of the train, like yeah. I have nightmares about that <laughs> as my death regularly because yeah. it's just over. Yeah, it, it fucking is. I have just nightmares about Fox's death on a regular, on the regular, but I'm Fox when I die. <laughs> it's intense, man. And it like kind of fucking happens. And you're just like, you're so caught off guard by it. Yeah. And no one has room to like mourn or anything. It's just like, he's gone. That's it. We got to keep moving. It's fucking crazy. And he, yeah, man. Um, warriors and aliens. And then like I said, big and I feel like it was hook that was on there. But it may have been something else. Maybe in like a, you know, like a hodgepodge of like TV recordings, shows, whatnot, you know. But this movie, once I did discover it, I watched it so much. I still watch it so much. I mean, this is a movie I can fall asleep to. This is a Desert Island movie. It's so fucking important to me. <laughs> like the last pop purchases I made were uh josh the target exclusive josh in the um in his white tux oh that's fun yeah and then uh fucking i also bought a zoltar because how am i not gonna buy zoltar you know i just don't want to buy those things anymore <laughs> yeah that that was like the la- uh that but, must- a, but a great say a man just got released mm-hmm. and that sucks because i need a great say a man yeah, and you, you, you kind of make these. Uh, <laughs> you kind of concede that 
at different points where you're just like, well, I guess I gotta fucking get that because it means, you know, it's part of my fucking personality. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. It sucks. It's just one of those, like, it's sitting in the comic store right now. Mm-hmm. And the thing about toys that you didn't order is that you don't get your discount on them until they've been sitting there for a month. And I can let Great Say a Man sit there for a month. No one else is going to buy him but me. I know it. I think that's. I think that's in the. Uh, that's in the bones. Yeah, so it's one it. of those things of like, listen, Great Say a Man, really cool, and I think people that don't like Great Say a Man, don't have taste in their Dragon Ball. <laughs> flat but out. flat out, you don't got. You don't got shit for fucking taste if you don't like Great Saiyan Man. That's how I feel about it. And, but I also know that most people don't have taste. Mm-hmm. And Great Saiyan Man will come home with me in February after he's been sitting there a month. Yeah. Um, Big's one of those movies that I saw for the first time probably in 1990. And I know that we went through more than one VHS copy of it because back then I used to watch movies on repeat. Um, You know, the original cuts of Star Wars, our original cut of Empire Strikes Back got stuck in the VCR and was destroyed. (laughs) Because I watched Empire so many times. Yeah, well, it's like... I was just talking to David about this. We just had, you know, this was just the thing to do as kids, you know? We were talking about, like, I don't know how I beat this certain game when I was this age, because this is kicking my ass now. And David said, you know, it's like, well, you know, back then this was it. This is what, this, this, this is what we had to occupy ourselves. Are we talking about Epinoza? Yes, yes. We're talking about David? Yeah, David. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know that part in Ninja Turtles 1 where, like, this whole there's this, like, one square that, in your mind, when you see a square with no ground under it, your brain tells you to jump over it, right? Mm-hmm. There's this part in the Ninja Turtles game where that's there, and you go to jump over it, but the ceiling's too low, and you fall through the hole every time you jump. Yes. It's, and it's, I got stuck there for hours once. It's, it's a very well-known jump. For a reason, you just walk for, over for, it. For, 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 for that reason, it's because so many of us were uh, attempting it and, and uh, failing horribly at it. You just walk over it. <laughs> and like, you know, my brain, as like a 26-year-old guy, yeah. was just like, what do you mean you just walk over it? I, I've been stuck here for hours and I just had to walk over it? Yeah. Fuck you, game. Yeah. Fuck you, I'm not playing this. That's... So, um, Because a game up to that point with... um, Like every game up to that point, it just conditions you to be that way, you know? Well, you gotta jump over. How else are you gonna clear a gap if you don't jump over it? Except for Super Mario, because if you use his, like, his like run... If you, yeah, if you run, you can, like, go across very uh, narrow gaps. You can go off of, yeah, the single square 
gaps. Yeah, yeah. That was a mind blower for me because I didn't find that out till much later. Yeah, you spent a long time. You <laughs> you gave yourself high blood pressure doing those jumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man, fuck video games. After I get off this call, I'm going to play Mega Man ZX all night, so not really fuck video games. Not but really, but at the same time. 12-year-old Josh Baskin, who lives with his parents and his infant sister Rachel in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, is told that he is too short for a carnival ride called the Super Loops while attempting to impress Cynthia Benson, an older girl that he wants to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to see her underwear. You know, yeah, that's I like, mean, like that's the extent of it, because like they're twelve, they're really into seeing bras. Yeah, yeah, they're like, you know, fucking the Billy. Like they're sitting outside. Man, they got a crazy fucking setup. I gotta say, because like their school is right there, just like down the street. But then across from the school is like a convenience store and also like a hobby store, apparently, because there's a they buy like. Baseball uh, cards. Baseball no, cards? No, no, no. That's, that's Bodega 101. That's like 1980s, 1990s Bodega 101. They got it directly across the street from the school. The bodega that was next to our apartment. Mm-hmm. And these bodegas were everywhere in New York. And New Jersey's, New Jersey's like ratty New York, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, the bodega by my house, you would go in there, they would make you a sandwich, um... There was. I know they make sandwiches thanks to the money. Thanks to the money. I thanks know, to the money. I know they make sandwiches thanks to the movie Mo Money. Yeah, they'll make you a sandwich. Um, my dad used to get just a roll with butter on it, like a true white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, cigarettes, alcohol, milk, That's basically right. everything you need. Caucasian energy boost. (laughs) Just just a buttered roll, please. (laughs) Um, But they had a basement there where you could rent movies and video games from it. And they also sold baseball cards because Pokemon cards and magic weren't a thing at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, bodegas had all that shit. They were trying to... They were... All supposed to be the one-stop shop for every neighborhood. Yeah. So, yeah, they have that across the street from the school. And they're, like, hanging out there and pulling cards, stuff like that. For Also, just want to draw attention. I didn't check to see if there was more than this. But Billy has two Universal Monster shirts. At least two. Because in this scene, he's wearing a, uh, a Wolfman t-shirt. And then oh, like, that's cool. Later on in the film, when he goes in for the the job interview, he has a uh, Frankenstein T-shirt. Just wanted to make note of that. They're really well, cool. They're in they're in very dope eighties colors, and I would like to I would like to have shirts like that. I mean, um, Billy Kopecky like kind of has a shitty life. <laughs> I really relate with that Billy Kopecky. I I I get it. You're talking about his Wolfman shirt, right? Yeah. Okay, because I'm just looking up Billy Kopecky and seeing him and his photos. His Wolfman shirt and his like, his like fucking dirt 
brown uh, poor kid jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that jacket, motherfucker. You got that from the Lost and Found, didn't you? Didn't you? I, I know. know. That, that was the jacket of the kid that would fuck you up, though, for looking at him wrong. Which is found in the Lost and Found. Like, that's, like, it's a poor kid. Like, I know that life. You get that jacket from the Lost and Found. If you saw a kid that had a jacket that clearly didn't, like, kind of suit them, and it was, it had the vibes of from the Lost and Found fucking box, that's a scrappy kid. That's I don't know. It it felt like it fit Billy Kopecky pretty well. Not, like, size-wise, just, like, no, if it it yeah, felt yeah. like it was a great person because he's a, for his personality again because he's a poor kid. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's a poor kid and he plays stickball. Like that's the Billy Billy Kopecky is absolutely. I I know his type. I was his type. I am his type. You know, like like I I know I know this motherfucker. I know. <laughs> but I mean, the I was actually surprised about your just now when you said he plays stickball. Yeah. Because my dad taught me to play stickball because, you know, he was an East Coast poor kid. Mm-hmm. And next to the door to hit an intruder, my dad has always had a stickball bat. I mean, yeah. which is just a stick. Stick, yeah. But. <laughs> That's why a stick, like, you know, say it's like a, a, a regional thing or whatever, but stickballs for poor kids. Because you don't need to buy a bat. You just get any stick. You're good. That could could be a broom handle, mop handle. Could be a stick that just somehow, like one of those magical sticks you find in the fucking, you know, in the wilderness that just happens to be straight enough, you know? Like on the part that matters, straight enough, you know? Well, he has like an official stick ball bat, for sure. Because it's the same one that's been by my door since the 90s. (laughs) Billy Kopecky has like a like the probably like the ass end of a pull cue or something like that, you know, just cut off and fucking and uh made, cut off on both ends and just made it be flat and yeah. There you go. But that's 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 some poor kid shit. And they're digging through those cards and like, you know, seeing what they what they need and all that, but Billy starts talking to him about their teacher, saying when she's like handing out papers you could see down her shirt and if she leans josh was like brah no (laughs) all the way to the flowers man (laughs) yeah because he says like no she has one of those something things fuck what does he say no she has one of those she just wears like an undershirt yeah 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 he's like it's a blouse or something like that you can look all the way, like, straight down to her flowers. And Josh is like, whoa. <laughs> so, the, the like, getting tail for them is clearly just like, I saw, you know, I saw the bare stomach of a girl. Yeah. I mean, like, it was definitely one of those things, the way they talk about it just means that both of those kids had 12-year-old boy boners yeah. talking about... <laughs> flowers and uh i apologize that i'm going to be talking about um (laughs) child sexual organs a lot this episode (laughs) but i am just just get this out of the way Uh, i I apologize for everything yeah just get it okay (laughs) a lot 
A lot, a lot, a lot. I'm you know, sorry like, for everything. <laughs> <laughs> this movie treads into territories that, by the very virtue of us talking about it in a podcast format, we're going to have to talk about those things. Oh, the next thing in my notes are the words he inserts. <laughs> he inserts a coin into an unusual... <laughs> antique arcade fortune teller machine called Zoltar and makes a wish to be big. God, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. It dispenses a card stating your wish is granted, but Josh is spooked when he notices that it's been unplugged the entire time. Yeah. Okay, Zoltar scared the shit out of me. This was the it, only Was it his thing. red eyes? This was the only thing I knew about the movie until I watched it. When I was like 14. I didn't know this was the same movie. But I remember like. In one of my. Uh, mushy mushy brain forming. Uh, memories. Seeing the movie Big playing. And it was at the Zoltar part. And seeing a red eyed man in a box. Fucking. Like making. Death gas. As his mouth becomes. Like stretched open yeah and a gate I, I, I didn't know what it was from I fucking ran away from it I didn't know it was in that movie until you know when, like I said when I was 14 and I watched it proper and I was just like oh this is what that's from Jesus and I still had like those kid jitters watching it I mean at this point I'm 14 I'm, I'm like a full fledged gore hound and I'm watching a bunch of schlocky horror that has like incredible like visceral shit going on and all that but this was still kind of like since it had that uh since it since it had like a place in my memory from the way back it was kind of like how an ape reacts to seeing a snake you know you just instinctively know it's bad yeah and that, and that's kind of like zoltar zoltar still kind of has that he's he was rooted so far in my past that even now like as a fucking 32 year old man like watching this movie and loving this movie is one of my absolute fucking favorite there's still something about zoltar that fucking scares me because i remember him from my primordial soupy brain you know like it's just like that's that's the that's the bad guy <laughs> you know that's zoltar zoltar's design is fucking like uh, uh i don't know i just think that they they fucked around with that with that shit. That's that's pretty fucking creepy. Especially the setting. He's at the ass end of the carnival, you know, like back mm -hmm. be back before the pavilion just turns into grass and yeah. and, and, and 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 you know like homeless fuck piles and shit. <laughs> like, I was gonna say like since it's a movie rooted in like kids wanting to get older, like. It's definitely where you see, like, the 14-year-old smoking and making out. Yeah, yeah. Just and getting heges, you know? A little bit into that darkness is all of the world's adultery, you know? Like, it's all of the excess back there, behind the darkness, and Zoltar is your fucking doorway into that. Zoltar is your is your door, doorway into fucking hedonism. Speaking of a doorway into fucking hedonism, man, I've been alone for four days. <laughs> Right? Yeah. It's been four days of just me in this house. And I'm so glad that during the quarantine era of Pandy time that I wasn't alone. Because, 
man, oh man, would I have had to go to the hospital for dehydration. I've been spilling fluid everywhere. <laughs> you know, the way you segued this, I was like, this is going to be about jerking off. And then I wasn't, <laughs> then, then I wasn't so sure. And then I, then you, you, um, I got there. <laughs> yeah, 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 you got there and you, Yeah. Am I that predictable? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, Zoltar Zoltar's fucking scary. Scary design, scary music, scary like just um, the foley work with it. Just everything about it is just rough. I think there has to be something to that because something about Zoltar has made me never use one of those like put a dollar in get your fortune machines ever yeah, in my life you're kind of, because I don't want to make a wish on it and then it happen. Yeah. You're like something about it, something about the machine. You don't know. It's just like you you feel like you're fucking with something you shouldn't be I, like to a lesser extent. That's how like, uh, like Ouija boards get their mystery, you know, mystery. That's a show there. <laughs> Wait, that's also a term, right? Mystere? Yes. Uh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> that's how they also get... That's how Ouija... <laughs> that's how Ouija board also gets its Cirque du Soleil Mystere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's just like you feel like you're fucking with something you shouldn't be fucking with. Even though Ouija board is like mass produced and it's just a fucking... You know, it's just a um, fucking... It's just a, it's just a board game that is put out by the fucking... Who actually has it? Is it Hasbro? Hasbro does make it. Even though, you know, like, Hasbro mass-produces it, and it's just, like, a board game and all that, right? It's, it's still just like a lightning collection thing. Like, there's always paint <laughs> missing, and sometimes they don't get the sculpt right. But something about it, you know, makes it makes you think that it's a, it could be a conduit, you know? It's not necessarily it itself, but it is a gateway or or something something else can latch onto and utilize and like you say with the fortune teller machine and Zoltar I'm like you give it a face and now it's a whole it's a whole fucking another thing where you're just like, I, something's desperate to use that <laughs> I mean I've always been nervous that it's gonna be like a real Calypso twisted metal situation <laughs> and I'm gonna make a wish and it's just gonna be yeah, yeah. horribly awry yeah yeah a real monkey's paw kind of deal you know yeah. Or yeah. The, um, Gift of the Magi. Hey, after one. you were done watching Big on Disney Plus, did it recommend to you Turner and Hooch? Yeah, like a okay. dickhead. <laughs> did like, you no. watch Turner and Hooch after no, that? No, fuck no, man. I I like the same like. Boy, am I just gonna be a wreck for the rest of the fucking night? And I have a show to record. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I watched Jack. <laughs> like I, I didn't watch all the way through, but I watched a good chunk of Jack because that's um that's a good time. I just went to work. I was like, nah, I just gotta go talk about comic books with people I don't like. Yeah. So the next morning, Josh has suddenly grown into a full fledged adult. He tries to find the Zoltar machine only to see an empty field, that the carnival's moved on. Returning home, he tries to explain his predicament to his mother who refuses to listen, 
threatens him, thinking he's a stranger who's kidnapped her son. The correct way to handle that man coming into your house. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I had here written, um, the first thing grown Josh does is look shady as shit. <laughs> because, like, uh, like, like, he has to... The first shot we get of him is, like, hopping down from his bunk bed, and we just see man legs. And he goes into the bathroom, then he looks in the mirror, he's like, huh, what the fuck, you know, I look different, and, you know, rubs his eyes, and then he, like, looks again, and he's like, why am I Tom Hanks, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just... It's, and, it, like, just a second, like, Tom Hanks looked so good at 32 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I looked at him and was like, how old is he? Is he, like, 25 here? Man was handsome. Very handsome. Very handsome. So, still is. Mm-hmm. Still. But still, that's just a young handsome. Still a treasure. Still a treasure. Um, but then he goes into his parents' room and he gets like his dad's sweats and a giant's hoodie. And he goes to the car- carnival grounds, like you said, to try and try and make a wish. But it's gone. And so comes back. Fuck. <laughs> runs into the house. His mother is vacuuming, just stands in front of her like a fucking weirdo. When she starts yeah. to, like, panic, he runs outside because he thinks she's panicking because he didn't wipe his feet. He didn't his wipe shoes. his feet. Yeah, he didn't wipe his feet, so he wipes his feet on the fucking doormat and comes back in and stands in front of her just like he did before. Like, this is a home invader. This is a <laughs> rapist. You know, like, this is this is bad. You know, like, her reaction was 100% justified. You can't but- fucking do that. But he is 12. Yeah. And he doesn't know. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not blaming Josh by any means because, again, he is, well, he's 13. No, he's 12 because he has a birthday. Well, he's 13. Well, okay. Well, yes, he has a birthday. He ends up being 13. Yeah, he's 12 turning 13. You're right. Um, But not blaming him for his actions because he's a kid. You know, what is he going to do? But her reaction is absolutely justified. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> absolutely justified. <laughs> I was, When I got to that part, I paused it for a second. And I went, do I think that she went too far? And then I was like, no, no, that's the correct reaction. No, this Give hurt. him the purse to get him out of there. Yeah. He's just trying to talk to you. No, get the fucking knife. Yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. Murder this man. As soon as he's, I like, know he's your son. As soon as he's talking about her family and talking about her son, her grabbing a knife, I'm like, yeah, get that motherfucker. Who is this mm-hmm. psychopath in your fucking house? You know, like, like, yeah. Uh, I do not blame you whatsoever, Miss Baskins. So, fleeing from her, he then finds his best friend, Billy, and convinces him of his identity by singing a rap, which only they know. This is, a, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, the, the very next thing he does, like, all right, fucking running into my mom's house, you know, running into my into my house and uh, appearing like a rapist to my mother. That didn't work. I'm now going to, I'm now going to sneak into the school and I'm going to hang out <laughs> like I'm going to hang out behind the gymnasium. Until Billy comes this way, and then I'm gonna fucking corner him. 
And then, but then Billy is just like, nope, that's my best friend right there. Yeah. Yep. What, when you get the rap going, you know, down, down, baby. <laughs> down, down the roller coaster. Oh. With Billy's help, he learns that it'll take at least six weeks to find the Zoltar machine. So Josh rents a flop house in New York City and gets a job as a data entry clerk at the Macmillan Toy Company. Yeah. And. You know, Billy steals a bunch of money from his father for an emergency. He's like, this is an emergency, man. Yeah. And we never really see the fallout of, like, Billy getting the shit kicked out of him for stealing that money. But well, I got a, I got a small issue with Josh Baskin's life. This is an alcoholic father who had, like, you know, a couple of hundreds rolled up in a sock drawer. Yeah. yeah. He Billy is... Again, I have this kid pegged. Billy being... Billy's impo- a child of abuse. <laughs> being an impoverished boy um, and all that. Like, he's... Like, just from the way Miss Baskins talks about Billy, you can tell that kid's over for dinner all the fucking time. Oh, by the way, we... um In the extended edition of this film, we get to see Billy's family. Did we watch the extended edition no, in this no. one? This this is uh, Disney Plus. They just got the regular one, but the okay. extended edition we get to see Billy's family, which is just a scream fest. Okay, because I did read an article that said that Big is actually a horror movie, and I do agree with that. But, <laughs> um, and then it talked a little bit about Billy's family, and I was like, did I miss that part? Do I have to watch this again before I talk about it? Do I have to postpone this recording? No, it is a it is a screaming mother and a numb father, and just Billy like with way too many siblings. Just yeah, Billy's Billy's then a child of neglect, not so much abuse. <laughs> yeah, not so much abuse, but he knows his dad gets blackout drunk to not feel anymore, and he won't miss you know a few. He won't miss the money in his drawer because he already forgot that it's there. Yeah, until he needs the liquor money, <laughs> then he's like scouring the house, and then like he'll recover that memory the way that the liquor will make you do. But so Josh Baskin's soaring child brain, getting him ahead in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You and I are both men. And along with a lot of people in our discord are all men with children's brains. I see all your irresponsible stimulus purchases. Just know we got another 1400 coming, baby. So get some more shit. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, the, the fact that he goes from data entry clerk to VP because he's a man that, Seemingly never grew up because he didn't and just still plays with toys because he runs into the to Mr. McMillan at FAO Schwartz yeah. while he's just having the time of his fucking life. Yeah, yeah. He is like, he is now, he can now go wherever he wants and spend as much time wherever the fuck he wants. He has no curfew. No, he has no bedtime. He can just do fucking things. So he ends up at FAO Schwartz, and he just plays with every toy available. You know, like, it's just... Ends up playing Chopsticks, you know, the iconic scene. Yeah, yeah. On the big piano, 
with his boss, and that lands him a VP position. Do you think that sold a lot of those pianos? No, that piano is... I think that they, they in, the, made, in like, the 80s and 90s, they did make the big piano, yeah. but they were... Um, you would roll them out and they were like that PVC rubber. Oh, like like the, the dance mats for DDR yes, shit. Yeah, like the cheap version of the dance pad for yeah. DDR. They were those that people had. Definitely they sold a bunch of those, but until FAO Schwartz closed in downtown Manhattan in like 2007, mm-hmm. th- that was just there because of Big. It never left. Yeah, because, well, I know that, like, FAO Schwartz then, like, did their own brand of giant piano (laughs) that they would sell after that. And you probably know that because the FAO Schwartz we had here also had its own giant piano because that's just an iconic part of FAO Schwartz. Yeah, it made, (laughs) like, it made um, auto-inclusion in any FAO Schwartz that, in throughout america like that's just it you you gotta have a big piano in there now don't be surprised if you start to see those pianos pop up in target toy aisles just because fao schwartz is now a like vendor of target because the buildings themselves are all gone it's like a lot of these movies um target tries to make them into their own holidays of sort the ones that aren't directly tied to a holiday, they will make it, you know, around the anniversary, they'll make it like a holiday, you know? And Big is one of those movies recently, in 2018, actually, because, you know, it's the 30th anniversary of it. They, they would, there's been a big, like, resurgence and push for it, and uh, there's all kinds of new merchandise and so on and so forth. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, come around whenever they they next do this. Uh, Three more years. Yeah. The 35th anniversary. Yeah, 35th anniversary of Big. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see those fuckers uh, in Target. I that, That's probably a real safe bet, and I know exactly where they're going to be. Right where they put the Christmas trees during that time. <laughs> yep. Every Target has that little fucking kind of spot. Corner. Yeah, yeah, that little that little fucking corner where they have some displays that are on wheels that they can just move the fuck out of the way and put something else there. And that's where the big piano is going to be. So once Josh, he gets into his work environment, he meets Scotty Brennan, who's played by John Lovitz, yeah. who I thought was going to play a much, much bigger part in the film. But he, he played a very John Lovitz part. He didn't need to play a bigger part. He he brought it. Every single every single minute of him on screen was fucking gold because it's John Lovitz. You know, John Lovitz uh, stole a pair of shoes from my father and myself once. <laughs> oh, shit. We were working at a celebrity golf tournament. And at the end of it, they gave every member of the crew and they gave all of the talent a pair of golf shoes Mm -hmm. and he walked up and he saw mine and my father's shoes sitting on like the back of the golf cart. And he goes, Oh, I left these here. And he just grabbed our shoes and walked off. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) 
Because then you just you're just like classic John Lovitz. What a bit, you know. <laughs> like the thing is, is that I didn't feel bad about it because it's like I'll be able to tell people that John Lovitz stole from me for the rest of my fucking life. I would I would kill to have uh, that little anecdote. I would kill to have that memory. I love him. Like John Lovitz taught me sarcasm, basically. Like that guy. Everything he's ever done. I'm a huge fan of the um, the critic the- show. I was going to say the critic is one of those cartoons that whenever I saw it on TV, like whatever I had planned was done because I was watching the critic. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. It's a great fucking cartoon, man. It's wonderful. It was, and it's been on streaming before. Yeah. But I've made a point to never watch it (laughs) because it's, I feel like if I sat down and I watched the whole show, I'd be like, why did I care so much? when this came on but it was one of those like treats because it only came on at like 2 30 in the morning it was like that like it, w- it would show up on on uh, comedy central around that time yeah once it was once they got the uh, syndication rights yeah it was just one of those shows that only showed up at like 2 30 in the morning and that's like oh the critics on yeah but there's I'm a, I'm a different kind of person because I watch the critic and yeah, I know the, nobody at school watches the critic. The, the humor of the critic is like, in a way, it's kind of like a very early. This kind of humor is a seed of sorts for more irreverent and dry humor that would come later into the even to the abstract level with shit like you know check it out steve Brule yeah and tim and eric you know through <laughs> one of my favorite fucking scenes as a critic is when uh his father who's clearly deranged has like he's having a a um what's the name of the neighbor in in uh in home improvement wilson yes he's having like a a wilson situation where he goes to the he goes to the fence and he talks to this hat that's on the other side of it, and it's like it's like a recurring joke that happens like three times throughout one episode, and like the last one is this owl like sitting on a scarecrow, so he just sees that the scarecrow the hat of the scarecrow, and he gets caught in this infinite loop, where where he's where he's telling the his neighbor that he's having trouble. Uh, he's having trouble with his wife, Ellen. And the owl hmm. just goes, Whoo! He's all, My wife, Ellen. Whoo! My wife, Ellen. Whoo! My wife, Ellen. <laughs> it's fucking. <laughs> that you know, shit is so good! <laughs> do you know the full name of the character, Wilson? Uh, no. It was Wilson. Wilson Jr. Oh! Wilson Wilson Jr. Yeah. Oh. Cool. That's good. That's good. Wilson Wilson. Wilson Jr. So, Josh has made it. He is the VP of playing with toys. Yeah. And he's got that insight that no one else has because everyone else is a boring ass coke doing adult in the 80s yeah and this is where we meet elizabeth perkins and john hurd's characters susan and paul Mm -hmm. 
And Paul is your typical executive trying to get into a higher position and he sees anybody else's appearance before him on his level as an act of war against him. Yeah. Severe competition. Yes. Cutthroat. So when he's giving a presentation about a new transformer for the McMillan toy company, which is the empire state building that turns into a robot. I have the note right here because it's, the scene always just sticks. I mean, every scene in this movie sticks. The entire movie sticks out to me. But what's fun about playing with a building? And I have that written down because I think it is one of the greatest arguments ever made. On like I've never like such destruction is wrought on John Hurd right there. That dude is clowned. Yeah, in front of the board <laughs> or in front of the uh, what? What are they? They're like the creative board, you know. I I mean they're they're definitely I wouldn't say they're like the board I would just say that the, it's an upper management meeting yeah 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 amongst the yeah yeah upper management he absolutely clowns him in front of him because this, first off this building does look whack looks whack as shit it has like a I don't know it looks like fucking it looks like the robot from Power Rangers that eats the power coins yeah 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 it looks it looks thoroughly goofy, but Japanese goofy. You know, like it. It is. It is like this thing looks like it would have been a tin toy in the fifties, or something that you know, something uh, Japanese saw and utilized in a henshin show because you know fifties, fifties um, sci-fi serials and stuff like that were a big inspiration for. The shit we saw in the 70s and 80s for Japanese, uh, you know, fantasy and superhero shows and all that. You so, know, the stuff that this show is based on. <laughs> the stuff this um, show. <laughs> so that real schlocky sci-fi shit. It's so fucking stupid looking. Its arms come right fucking off. It is just, it's dumb. And he, and he just goes, like, what if it was a bug? Yeah. A bug that could, like, crush a car. Yeah, it's like a big prehistoric bug. You know, just like, you know, do whatever with it, you know. And and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, a fuck. fucking a fucking bug, man. Yeah, and he just, my man, just like inadvertently created Beast Wars. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh man, this guy just fucking created a whole industry. <laughs> yeah. um, and then when Paul gets into the car with his girlfriend Susan, who's also a VP in the company, he's like. That was calculated. That man is a shark. Who comes up with that in a meeting? Maybe it should be a bug. (laughs) No one just says that. You know, he came from... (laughs) This guy... This guy is so sure that Josh came for his motherfucking head. Yeah. Like, like it's so good. It's so good. I love how the movie kind of illustrates the, like, dichotomy between social circles in school and social circles in the workplace, there's actually no real divide at all. Like, No, there isn't. It's illustrated beautifully with fucking just him on this first interaction with John, with John Lovett's character. Like, he's, like, doing his work too well, so he's like, hey, knock it off, you're making us look like assholes, you know? It, we bring down the average. You know, all he, was, he did was enter two things. <laughs> 
that was too much. That was too much. You need to chill it, okay? We will bring down the average. You're gonna make them fucking look at us over here. So just take it easy. But like Josh like wheels up to his side of the cubicle and he's like, So how long you know, like how long have you been here? And they just immediately start talking like fucking you know, like fourteen year old boys, you know, they just start just talking about shit. He even points at the fucking the, the town bicycle. Yeah, the town, <laughs> the office bicycle. <laughs> and it's just so like the 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 it's it, it's like the 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 rapport of it and the way they're talking and like just how these these uh um how how like these these clicks work and so on and so forth. Like I really love that like it just shows like yeah, like a fucking 12-year-old in a body he could acclimate himself into this shit, no problem, because it is ultimately like you're doing the same shit you did in school. High school is your. It gets. I mean, everybody that listens to this is out of high school. It gets slightly better, but everything is high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like people don't age past high school. It's, yeah, yeah. For the most part, yeah, that is. Uh, I would. Uh, I would stand behind that, and. It's really, like, John Hurt does a fucking fantastic, fantastic job just being out this coked-out businessman that thinks that thinks his fucking livelihood's at stake. And and Josh is just a, it, like, again, Tom Hanks, like, brilliant at being... Twelve? Yeah, being, <laughs> being the 12-year-old operating this adult body and responsibilities. It's so good. So I think good. about... Like, as I was watching this, I was trying to, like, really look at Tom Hanks and be like, is he 12? Yeah. So they walk in, they see an apartment, they don't hear anything about a price. They're just like, yeah, we'll take it. And they get this incredible apartment that would be millions of dollars. Yeah. This... And then he just calls a rental place and just gets all the, the toy shit he wants <laughs> set up in his apartment. Yeah. Gets a Pepsi machine, gets uh, bunk beds, gets a fucking trampoline. He already had bunk beds at home, so he was definitely Sticking he was definitely spoiled in that sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had the because his sister was too young. That was one drawback is that his sister, his baby sister, shares a room with him, so her crib's in there. But he has a bunk bed. And since he is, like, since there's only one person using a bunk bed, that means just one part of that, you know, one, once, one, like, layer of that bed is just for bullshit. Yeah, that's the hangout spot. Yeah, whatever you want to do with it, man. I'm so surprised that he didn't have blankets hanging from that because that was his secret spot. <laughs> right, right. You know, like you do. I, I do know. I do know the secret spot. I never had bunk bed, but it's, but I I had friends that had bunk beds, and that was that was the case. That was the so case. You, you draped the you draped the sheet over it. You know, I grew up with sisters that I still have; they're still alive, and um, <laughs> I didn't have to share a room with them. But I very early on was the hermit that I am. Yeah. So when I was a kid, they bought me bunk bunk beds. Bunk beds. <laughs> They bump, turned, that's in, not, that's not turned into bump beds. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> but uh, I had the bunk beds that the bottom was a futon couch. 
Yep, yep. We had well, Andrew had that. Yeah, yeah, and that was the hangout spot for me. That Andrew- like I had blankets hanging from it. There was a space open where I could see the TV. Yeah, and I just hung out. See, All my comic boxes were behind it. Once Aaron got his own room, which is Andrew's brother, that became the situation because Aaron had the top bunk, Andrew had the bottom bunk, and the bottom bunk was also the futon situation. But um, once Aaron got his own room, then that like it was like pretty much fully in couch mode, and then we pull that shit down when we go in, uh, we sleepy the deepy, and we spend the night. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's in the couch position, and we just playing PlayStation Two or whatever. The only person that ever really stayed the night at my house was my cousin Jamie, and because Jamie is a girl, mm-hmm. she had to sleep in my sister's room. Mm-hmm. So that was always a couch at your boy's house. Fuck yeah, that's real. That's real luxury living. It I- is. But also, like, besides his home, like, when he goes to the Christmas party and he wears that white tuxedo, feeling himself. <laughs> yeah, man. He comes. The, the way he eats that baby corn, I was thinking to myself, if I was 12 and no one ever taught me that you just eat baby <laughs> corn, would I do that? And then I was like, yes. Yep. Yes, I would. Yep. Yup, it would be so alien to think that, like, you know, what do you mean you just bite it? You just, the whole thing? It would be so fucking alien to think of it that way. If, if this is, this is perfectly what a, like, this, that's exactly what a 12-year-old would do. Same yeah. thing with, with the fucking, the, what, what do you eat? Was it, like, pate or something like that? It was, uh, caviar. It was caviar. Yeah, and the way he reacted to that, squir- <laughs> Yeah, when he started doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And scraping his fucking tongue, you know? Just, like, just, I was like, that's it, man. That's it. Like, he's. Tom Hanks is on another fucking level with this shit. Also, that suit, that white suit, we t- talking about the tails on that motherfucker were, were egregious, but wonderful. My man was feeling himself so much. And you know what? Because he had the, like, confidence of, like, I look good in all white with all these studs on it. Like, I understand that everyone was laughing at him and stuff like that. But in my mind, he had no, there was nothing wrong with it in his mind. He was like, I feel good. I look good. Yeah, and he didn't react to them laughing either. So they were, like, instantly, they had nothing. They had nothing. He just, that's, that's, that's fucking... That's power and confidence right there. He could he could wear that shit to the Grammys today, you know? That shit looks... Cool. I've seen Lil Nas X wear something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No one would... Like, no one in this day and age would say that isn't the drip. Because it he, is the was, drip. he was feeling himself so much, and he didn't care what anybody thought so much. Susan said, let's get out of here. And he said, let's go get a milkshake and fries instead of eating this fancy fucking food. And then why don't you come to my house, put on a Packers jersey, and get in my bed. I'll give you a fucking glow ring. (laughs) And she's like, I don't know if I want to fuck you tonight. And he's like, well, let's go jump on the trampoline. Like, it's... it's... Oh, so fucking good. And like... Yeah, he takes it back to the... He takes it back to his place, and they have to... It's one of those fucking... 
it's one of those apartment blocks that has a freight elevator. And yeah. <laughs> takes it up, takes it upstairs, and she just sees this fucking place, and she was like, "Oh, this is this is different. This is this is something else." Here, here's I the thing. Though. Here's where I give the movie credit. Yeah. Because for in if that was the forty year old virgin house, that's the house of an unfuckable man. Mm-hmm. But. Both of them are VPs of a toy company. Yeah. So it's seeing all that shit in his house. She could just see it as a man who's dedicated to his work and takes everything home with him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it was just weird that he slept on bunk beds and had the Pepsi machine. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, ah, you know, he's just invested. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Everything could be explained away by his profession. And just yeah. be like, oh, he got these from, you know, different companies and stuff like that. And he just he's interest, interested in, in the market and what the market today looks like and all that. And what's, the, you know, clearly what's the the hottest items, you know, what are the kids buying and stuff. You know, it's just, like you said, dedicated to his work. It makes a lot of, su- makes a lot of sense. The bunk bed and, and the, the, <laughs> the bunk bed and the superhero PJs. That was, she was just like, well, okay. His PJs, boy, did I get nerdy staring at those fucking PJs. Yeah. Because it just said robots on it, but it was covered in different Gundams. <laughs> like, RX-79-2 was there. Uh, there were Zaku's all over that bitch. I, and I, I was don't... like, those are the fucking coolest pajamas I've ever seen. I don't know how he even got them. I mean... I, I know how he got him because, like, you know, he's just, he just spent money. But, like, fuck, I didn't know there was, I didn't know you could get Gundam pajamas <laughs> in stateside in 88. It looked like, it didn't look like official pajamas. I mean, like, it did look like official pajamas because they had a wonderful costume designer and yeah. seamstress on set. Right, right. But that was definitely, like, they went to Joanne, saw the fabric, and went, a kid would like this. They didn't care what was on it. When he was throwing around comic books at the end, like after he makes the comic thing, like he threw a first appearance of Apocalypse across (laughs) the room. I was going to ask you. I was going to. Fuck yes. Thank you. He he threw an X Factor five or six, whichever number it is, across the room. And I was like. In 88, it wasn't worth anything. And basically, up until two years ago, you could have got that book for $5. It's still the first appearance of Apocalypse. Yeah. But when he yeah. was, like, manhandling comic books and throwing them at her, I was like, I was like, how much money is that? Chewing on tinfoil for you. No, I wasn't getting upset because do whatever with your comics that you want. But, you know, and, like, with comic books, hindsight is... It's 2020. Like, what did... Oh, my God, I used to have that. It's worth how much now? Mm-hmm. I just fucking threw it away. You're telling me I threw $2,000 away? No, you probably didn't. You probably fucking manhandled that book. You probably <laughs> threw about 45 cents away. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually that's usually true. If the book was thrown away at some point, that means to get to that point, you would have had to, you know, dog-eared the pages tore out a staple you know like 
all you you would have treated that thing like a dirty dick. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine, man. That 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 boat was that boat was long gone before you had the perception to realize it was. Yeah, it's one of those things where like the shit that's yours, treat it however you want. But like you know, I'm gonna look. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you. I'm glad there was there was something that it was. Uh, something worth talking about there because I was curious. I was like seeing some of it and I was like recognizing some of the covers and I was like, I bet Dan would know. Yeah, there was you. the one on the table specifically is the first appearance of Archangel and the one that he's like waving around and throwing is the first Apocalypse. <laughs> Good shit. Good shit. Um, what's the word? Uh, you know, after the whole date night and he brings her home, like his childlike charm. He actually is attacking Paul indirectly because with his charm, he steals Susan from Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, as we come find out, oh, wait a minute. That's not, oh, again, I'm going off the extended edition. Um, we In the extended edition, we find out that she has slept with a lot of VPs or at least has been implicated was sleeping with a lot of VPs. No, no, no. That's not in the extended edition. That's it's, in the regular it's, one. It's in this one? They name yeah. names? She goes in and it's like, you slept with this one, this one, this yeah. one. Who? What is it now? You're going with this one? Yeah. That she slept her way to the top. And who fucking cares? Don't fucking slut shame her. No. Do what you gotta do to make your money, boo-boo. Susan, you're doing it right. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, Paul uses that like a fucking like the piece of shit that he is throws it back in your face i just, i thought that was in the extended edition though where they maybe there, there's another scene where that's went into more where i think she has some dialogue with josh where she's saying like before you know it was kind of like you know this was a political move hmm. but but now with you know with you this wasn't I want you to know that's not what this is. This is yeah, that's probably extended edition because that sure wasn't in this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's an extended edition um, scene where that's talked about. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, he he wins her over. <laughs> like he said, gives her a fucking glow in the dark compass ring. He just charms the shit out of her with his boyish antics, and they and they become a bit of a power couple. And this is really where we start seeing the the evaporation of childhood Josh and now his brain is like kind of slotting into this this adult role. Yeah, because and things start to move fast for him. Like I, he has his 13th birthday with Billy. Mhm. And at he doesn't restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It seems like like a buca de beppo or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> And uh, he has a birthday, and then he ditches his boy, and like, yeah, Bill, this is where Billy, Billy starts re- to feel real dejected by his friend. Yeah, Billy was ready to hang out with him all night, but he was like, "No, nah, man, I got, I got something I got to do," and he wouldn't say what he what he got to do because you know he's twelve and embarrassed and doesn't want to tell his friend that he likes somebody. Yeah, but like his friend had a fucking 
great night planned out. He's like, my friend's old now, so what we're, you need to do is you need to go to the bodega, get some beers, get some nudie magazines. Yeah. We're going to fucking hang out and crank together. <laughs> it's going to be fucking dope. We're going to crank D- together like we used to, only now you got a big grown dick. And I'll just, I'll just try not to look at it. I'm not going to look. You don't look at me. We're going to go back to back. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the extended edition, too. <laughs> Where Josh and Billy go back to back and we just see uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> I actually, I actually uh, read somewhere in like, I believe in some editor's notes or some like producer's notes. So that was actually a callback in the movie Forrest Gump when Bubba when Bub, Bubba and Forrest are doing it that they wanted to be like a little tongue in cheek uh, you remember you like invoke that time where he jerked off back to back with a 12 year old <laughs> it's just visually cinematically it was very similar and that's all you know you know how you know how like those art those 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 film types they like to do it just little little nods there you know here and there yeah they yeah. they wanted some mutual masto from the extended edition of big and the and like they just it's, it's just, just in tom hanks's contract yeah. that like once every 10 movies he has to go back to back it's like like you ever seen the movie Rockstar with with Mark Wahlberg and then like in the bloopers at the end of the movie, you know, like the song he's gonna lip sync doesn't come on, but instead it's it's fucking uh, good vibrations, you know, oh. they're they're clowning him. Ha! You remember this from your past, you know? Same thing, same thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm sure Mark Wahlberg didn't throw a fucking chair across him <laughs> and say, uh, "I'm not the fucking funky bunch anymore." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, he was he was on camera, so and I, and he knew that, so he. Oh. he <laughs> That's good. Well, on his birthday, after he ditches his boy, and you know what, this whole thing would have been avoided if he went. It's my birthday, and I am an adult now. And when you're an adult that talks to girls, generally on your birthday, you get to uh, put it in them. It, you, and he would have been like, "Yeah, man, go." Yeah, you like I yeah, Billy would have understood. He just He's like to you're going to get to see the the flowers and the garden. Yeah, you if, and the garden. If he, was a, if he was a little more forward about what was going on, then all would be understood. As of, yep. right, as of right now, it just seems like you're going to do boring adult stuff. You could just you, you just say that your 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 peepee is going yeah, your peepee is going inside a woman and then like, all right, yeah, man, fuck. Get out of here. Tell me all about it. Make <laughs> yeah. a video. <laughs> yeah. Buy a giant camera yeah. and uh, videotape it. <laughs> they have yeah, and they and they go to they uh, go to the fucking like carnival and have a wonderful night. You know, really kind of like they, she, they're she, having such a good time that Josh doesn't notice that Zoltar is there. Yeah, Zoltar is there, which is interesting. And I'm like, I got like a little unformulated theory. It's kind of nebulous at. the at the time, or um, in this moment, I should say, hit me, hit me with it, and let's flesh it out. Let's well let's podcast. So, so okay, so they're like at the carnival, right? And it's really beautiful because it kind of it's towing the line between the two, where we have in this adult relationship, but they're also like she's 
letting him take her on this walk through like youth, you know, like through through like the, the enjoyments of being young, you know, like in the being at the carnival, winning fucking prizes, riding fucking Ferris wheel, riding the fucking roller coaster, so yeah. on and so forth. At the end of the night, he does get it in, right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole scene, and he, it's pretty. And he wants to lights on, so she thinks he's dirty. <laughs> But he is just a 13-year-old boy that gets to see some boobies. Yeah, yeah, he's never seen this before, so he wants to light on. She thinks, like, oh, this man want to see my whole asshole. Where he's just like, you know, like, I want to burn all of this into my retinas, so I will never forget this. So the lights stay on. But in, in truth, in serious... For real, real, it's a very romantic scene. It's cute, and, you know. The music's beautiful and all that, and like you know, the it's soft and all that. The and you know, it cuts. We don't see anything more than that little exchange where he's just like looking at her, at her bra. <laughs> you know, like we don't see much more than that. But I'm wondering if some kind of like some kind of trigger was made here. Because, yes, he was already starting to kind of go into this adult thing. At least he was gelling with it. Mm -hmm. But after this, it is a stark contrast. And now he's, like, doing it all. You know, he's doing, like, he's doing the adult thing big now. He's He's wearing a suit just regularly. Yeah, yeah. He's not not being wacky. It's not. And this all comes from... And you and I talked about this a little bit before we got on the call. When you were in high school and your friends started to lose their virginity before you, they all told you that things are different after you do it. After you taste pussy, life is different. You don't think about the shit that you think about anymore. Fucking wrong. Yeah, like put the insert Tyler the Creator here saying, so that was a fucking lie. So that was a fucking lie. Yeah, nothing fucking changed. It's it's just, I know what that feel like now. Yeah. I think about it as much as I did before. But I still, like, you know, I have not made more room in my mind for for that and only that. I'm still being like, shit, man, I wonder if that Supervillains album's ever gonna drop. Oh, it did. It sucks. You know, like, it just... <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that you know like like i have there's nothing that drastically changed as they led you to believe yeah but his life is different now he is an adult Mm -hmm. he he's dressing normal he drinks coffee now Mm -hmm. deborah joe roop his assistants like you don't drink coffee yeah kitty from that 70s show yeah (laughs) she's in wandavision as well I don't know oh, if you she? started to watch that. No, I haven't checked it out yet. I was going to let it do its normal thing, which is build up episodes and then binge it once they're all done. I think this one, I mean, I said that about Mandalorian too. I think that a week in between episodes is going to serve this one well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he's just an adult and he gets his own campaign where he has to design a toy, which is where we get that scene of him looking through comic books. Yeah, they they want to make a presentation for Mac, the new hotness, you know, come up with something that's going to, like, you know, 
fucking devastate the market and and in our favor. You know, something the something that's gonna be the the hottest trend and gonna take over like gang. And I'll be honest with you, the thing that he created fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, man. A choose your own adventure fucking comic book. Mm-hmm. Where you're going to get this fucking e-reader tablet where you have to insert a floppy disk into it. And then you probably get, because it can't fit that much information, there's probably only three choices for each thing and how many stories you can get. Mm-hmm. And that thing's going to be, they said 1895, but each subsequent disc was going to be another $5. And you know that your mom was only going to give you the disc that it came with. And maybe one other, maybe one other. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a uh, rich kid toy. Like it, or uh, the um, upper middle class toy. Even if it wasn't a rich kid toy or an upper middle class toy, it was the kind of toy that needed an upkeep that your parents weren't going to keep up with, mm-hmm. which is why you have the brain that you have today, because you couldn't get all of the Zords. You could never build the full combination Ultra Zord. So now, today... You don't fucking miss a Zord. Because you'll never not have the Ultra Zord. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was cool. But you make a good point with the upkeep. Like fucking... Um, you make a good point with the, up, with the upkeep deal. Because... Like, yeah... If you think about, like, toys that, that required that, like a, uh, like a Teddy Rut, like a Teddy Rutzman, right? Yeah. How many motherfuckers did you know that, that had that and had, like, a, a bunch of tapes for it? I had a Teddy Ruxpin and the tape it fucking came with. Yeah. And I you didn't... know what I mostly use Teddy Ruxpin for? Playing the Coming Out of Our Shells tour tape. <laughs> You didn't know anyone that got the, like, the additional tapes and books and all that shit. Yeah. So, I, you made your point. It's, 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 it's got some basing in reality. You right, you right. And that, that unless Macmillan got the Marvel or DC license to make fucking licensed X-Men comics in the late 80s, early 90s, who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? If I can't see Psylocke and Psylocke can't turn me into a fucking adult like she did. <laughs> fucking no. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, It was pretty innovative, but this is one of those things that is probably like truly ahead of its time. And you think a negative that way. I'm going to want that thing? Without Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, Todd McFarlane art? You think that I'm going to get that if I can't digitally read Torment? Are you fucking kidding me? You think I'm going to read a hockey comic? No, fuck you. He's going to read some original creation of Macmillan comics. (laughs) Some fucking nobody. Yeah, you know, the drawings uh, are good wait, enough. Uh, They're good uh, enough. What, what, what is, like, the toys they mention? Amphibian? 
which was just like some GI Joes with like web web toes. They on them. bought GI Joes, popped the feet off, yeah. put fucking flippers on them. But honestly, you put a little crank on that and it swims in the tub. I'm buying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same, same. That would sell, and I understand why that guy that did that like got up in life because because Paul is bitching about him at the at the Christmas party. Yeah, it's just well, you know, he's pretty fucking smart because he put a, he he made tub toys. All right, he made dedicated tub toys. So yeah, you got a little fucking guy that swims across my goddamn tub. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, but like that's what we would have got though in those comics because it would have been Macmillan comics. You know, they're mm-hmm. uh, they just they they already have their logo just slapped that in the corner of these fucking things and to um to how uh, am I gonna vote if Jason Todd <laughs> dies or not? If I'm reading a fucking Macmillan football comic. <laughs> you said that with so much disdain. Uh, the Macmillan football comic. <laughs> you would have had Macmillan comics presents Amphibian, you know. I might have read Amphibian, but he had to be like, Full on frog, going against um, Astro Blasters. I think was another one they mentioned of their toys. Truckapillar, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yo, the the Truckapillar was so cool. Yeah. And when Billy picked it up, and he was like, Truckapillar, yeah, fifty nine ninety nine. I love that part so fucking much. I was like, that's my fucking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And there's another example of how I'm fucking very much Billy, because I would have immediately dropped to my knees as well on that carpet and picked that fucker up. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't leave you. The spirit doesn't leave you whatsoever. But yeah, (laughs) truck-a-pillar. Fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, just look, just looks at him like not bad, bud. You really did it. <laughs> you out here? Yeah, yeah, making oh, it. God damn! Why the fuck hasn't Truck a Pillar been in anything else? Like, why hasn't that been like how these movies are marketed in their anniversary? Like I was talking about with Target, how they they take something. From the film, this little niche, and they make like a cutesy like thing for it, so only the hardcore fans know about it. But at the t- also the hardcore fans are all the fans and all that shit. Like, why hasn't there been, you know, something to do with Truck a Pillar <laughs> when they talk about Big? Like they like when when Big is wheeled out and be like, "Remember this movie? It's one of the greatest of all time." You know, like yeah, give me thirty-two year old woman fucks a thirteen year old. Give me, give me a fucking truck a pillar t-shirt something give me give me truck a pillar in some shape or form and i would be so fucking happy but yeah like macmillan comics if you okay if you all right all right we're, we're kind of talking ourselves into why we would buy the comics so we're, we're defeating ourselves because like amphibian we would buy and like if they had a comic book about truck a pillar and you decide where truck a pillar went and all that you know, I just want to know more about Truckapillar. What does he fucking do? You know, what is Truckapillar just the truck itself? Is there a driver? Is it a sentient thing? It's got- well, Freddie and listeners, in the show notes, I did just find the Galoob Truckapillar commercial. 
my god. Truck pillar was a thing? Yep, Galoob Toys. Mattel. Alright, so this is a someone made. This is this actually commercial. just a fan one. Yeah, but truck pillar is here. This is so much truck. Look at truck a pillar push the pillow. Now he's going over it. Oh, $59.99, baby. What is this a copyright safe song? Like, what is this a copyright version? Copyright safe version of? Who knows? Oh, he's going to hit the couch. Oh, my God. You better go up that couch, baby. Oh, my God. Oh, it is. It's going up the couch. It's. It just crawls right over this fucker. Man, truck pillar is so cool. Well, it seems like it's a copyright safe version of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> so Macmillan had the distribution rights to to truck to Galoob. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to Galoob. That makes sense because Galoob isn't that like German or something. Um. Yeah, but it ended up being Mattel later. Okay. Okay. Like, we're kind of caught on Truck-A-Pillar. But... (laughs) So, once he becomes a full-on adult, Billy gets notice from the New Jersey Department of Carnivals of where Zoltar is currently. Oh, Because apparently that's a thing. We didn't talk about the... the, We we did get hella caught up. My, My whole thing was that... Was there something about... Him committing, like, you know, him having sex with Susan. Is there something, like, in the Zoltar, like, fucking wish parameters that he has now fully shed his, like, child mind? Because in the movie, after this, like I said, everything kind of fucking changes. He's drinking coffee. He's he's businessman as fuck. He's like shooing away Billy. Um, he like he's, he's it, going to dinner parties and like helping kids this, with their math homework. This is the thing where this this is the part. Um, this next part I'm talking about is is like crucial to this, where it makes me think that this is some kind of curse. I mean, obviously it's a curse, but some kind of there's parameters and 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 uh, working parts to this fucking how this wish works because he. Um, one, one, um, one point at night after having like a kind of like a confrontation with Billy where they dropped the, where they dropped their F-bomb for the film. Um, he's, he's, he's working late and he's staying up and he's trying to design this, uh, this, this digital comic book and he's going through his suitcase and he finds the floppy disk for his like choose your own adventure game he was playing at the beginning of the film on his home computer yeah and as as he's playing it he's just kind of doing it naturally and then at the part where he gets caught as a kid where he was going he's typing in the solution there's an ice wizard you got to melt the ice wizard how do you melt the ice wizard grow thermal pod before josh was being yelled at by his mom to come downstairs and take out the goddamn garbage Got to take yeah. out the garbage. So he didn't do it in time, the wizard frozen. Here, he has time, and he's just looking at it like he's he's trying to... It, it, like, there's... I don't know, maybe it's the way Mr. Hanks <laughs> acts here. But it's like, 
it has to be unlocked for him. Because then after this, he goes to his old neighborhood and he walks around with this familiar, like he's in a familiar place, but he doesn't know the way. And it, it like it, it makes me think that his truly his child consciousness was was leaving and not just through the natural passage of time, but due to the magical effects of whatever the Zoltar curse is you know whether it be wherever its origins are from <laughs> some evil well, some machine not evil but some trickster machine spirit <laughs> yeah i mean like he's realizing that he's gonna miss out on all the things that he loved because he was settling into a life of happiness with his girlfriend and yeah. he didn't want that boring happiness he wanted to be a kid and have fun and do the things that kids do he he was getting the it's not a selfish kid brain, but that's kind of the only way I know how to think about it. It's yeah. the I'm thinking about me and what I'm missing out on. Yeah. But he's 13 at this point, and that's how your fucking brain works. Mm -hmm. Like his body just got big. His brain didn't get big. He didn't yeah. like wake up and was an adult. He just was in an adult's body. Yeah, yeah. So like he's giving his presentation on his on his shitty comic book and <laughs> that we've already explained why it would fail. <laughs> yeah. And he just leaves the meeting because in kid brain, what you're thinking about is the most important thing in the moment. There's no com compartmentalization. So he leaves and his girlfriend chases him. Because the night before, he said, I'm actually 13. I made a wish. And she's like, don't you think we're all 13 on the inside? Which is very true. Mm -hmm. um, but she thinks it's she thinks it's just him like trying being to be afraid of commitment. Yeah. Being afraid of commitment that he like when he says I miss my family. She thinks like, oh, God, you know, you're married. Like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> always hits. I'm not married. I'm yeah. 13. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's beautiful. It's real, like, it's real fucking emotional shit. Like you said, he runs out of the office and she goes chasing after and Billy is outside because he just got done dropping off the, the address. For the Which I think is wild, right? Because like, doesn't he go on the walk after he gets the paperwork? To realize that he wants to be a kid again? No. He goes on so the walk he, before. He goes on the walk. Like, okay, so he the, plays the video goes, game, he, he goes the on the kid game, walk. Goes on a walk and then tells her. Um, uh, I want to be 13. Yeah, yeah. Then Billy drops off the paperwork. He goes to the meeting, realizes he has to leave now, yeah. and goes to Zoltar. Yeah, he doesn't want to do this anymore. It's okay. kind of, it's interesting because like that's. Like she said so eloquently, like, you know, you don't think we're all like 13, you know, like you think we're all just trying to fucking fake it till we make it here. It's beautiful. But like, who hasn't felt that way in a fucking meeting or some kind of stupid obligation? And you're just staring there and you're just like, man, I wish I could fucking run away from this, you know? 
I wish I could run away from this. I wish I could run away from this and every stupid fucking obligation I have and stupid fucking responsibility and go someplace else. He literally has that. He literally has someplace else. And that's. And he goes and he makes his wish. And she comes up and she's like, you made your wish, didn't you? It's been granted. So where do you live? Let me give you a ride home. And while they're talking, she says, we can't continue this. Maybe in 10 years, maybe you hold on to my number. (laughs) And, and she wants to wait. Got to take off my glasses. Cause I have to push on my eyes while I talk about this. Mm -hmm. Um, she liked his um, unskilled penis so much. No. There's a point when he talks about actually being 13. Yeah, I know. And that I she, know. Says, she, said, that makes, she says, well, that makes that, a lot of sense. Yeah, he's like, well, that, like, well, that explains it. <laughs> and I know that that is talking about his sexual performance. Yeah, he tried, I know he in he my fucking to, heart. He tried to like stick it in her pee hole like four different times. And he definitely shot instantly. Um, oh, God. But. This is why we apologized earlier. I'm sorry for everything. Yeah. Um, she liked. Yes, yeah, she liked his childlike perso- personality and that he brought out the child in her and made her realize that she could have fun in life and all of that. And that's why he's the man that she would spend the rest of her life with. I understand that. But she said, you should hold on to my number, which means that she is willing to wait 10 years for that dick. Okay? She doesn't really have to wait 10 years. She just has to wait five. And she she can be a 40-year-old woman, 36-year-old woman with an 18-year-old boyfriend. That's fine. It's very fine because she knows the man that he's going to grow up to be. But she said, hold on to my number. And I think that, don't worry, you're going to be burned into the the annals of his memory forever. You're always going to be his first because he slept with a 30-year-old woman when he was 13. Yes, he was in a man's body. Yes. We understand that it wasn't problematic at the time, but he did have a child's brain. And he did sleep with a woman in her 30s when he was 13 years old. And he'll always be able to tell, at least Billy, yeah, man, you may be three months older than me, but I still had sex with a 30-year-old when I was 13. When's the last time you had sex? Oh, wait, you haven't? Go wear your brown jacket across the street. Don't even look at me. That's what can happen. (laughs) Now, I, I agree. It's problematic because if we don't say this is problematic, then those those creepy creepy fucks that that like their uh, their their lolly anime where there's a you know a six hundred year old being that looks like a twelve year old. All okay. you Belle Delphine fans out there, yeah. <laughs> then that that kind of like vindicates them. This is the inverse of that. It's like no, 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 no. This this is it'd be like in. It'd be like making sexual art of a timeless being that's coded like a child, you know, which happens pretty frequently in Steven Universe. God damn it. 
but like it'd be similar to that sexualizing something that's coded like a child is sexualizing a child yeah. and in this in in like this case she's not <laughs> oh god how the fuck is she like i'm not blaming i'm not like i'm not saying she's i'm not saying oh, i'm not saying she's a bad person but that line about maybe hold on to my number She she knows, you know, like she knows it's bad. Billy knows it's bad because when she runs out and Billy's still out there and he sees Josh like make it, you know, towards the fucking the boardwalk, you know, to go to the machine. He cheers him on. And she's like, "How do you know him?" He's like, "Oh, like you know, I'm, you know, I'm Billy Capecki. That's my that's my best friend, Josh." He's like, "Who the fuck are you?" You know, and she, I'm, and, I'm his girlfriend. He goes, "Ugh." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he knows. He's like, <laughs> like. <laughs> grimaces and he's like oh jesus that's uh well i don't want to touch that <laughs> like and and it's like she's she's it was really her, her revelation that he wasn't bullshitting like when he was that when he ran out said like excuse me and he, and he left and she took over the presentation and she's explaining like the book, and that's where we get the price point for the digital comic book. And you know, it's going to be twenty bucks, five bucks for each additional story, about seven dollars for them to produce, so on and so forth. And they're like, "You think a kid's going to spend twenty dollars on this?" And she's like, "Yeah, I think a kid would." And then she realizes, like, "Oh fuck, yeah, like he's he is a child. He's making shit a child would want to make. You know, like he, he that's we're like it all kind of like rushed at her, like you know before." Um, with, with the apartment and how, you know, all the toys and stuff like that, like you said, we can explain it in a way that he's just, you know, just really into his work. And now it's all just making sense. No, he's a fucking child. He actually is a fucking child. And that was a revelation and she goes to the boardwalk and she, it's, it's too late. And, and he even says to her, he's like, maybe you can come too. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to, I don't know. Childhood a, sucks. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a 13 year old again. Like as much as I, as much as I don't want to be, as much as being an adult sucks, I don't want to go through that again. So I'm fine here. You know, at least this way, you know, I'm closer to death. <laughs> at least this way I could just age and just get closer and closer to death. Whatever. At least this way I can do whatever the fuck I want. Cause I'm an adult. And, and she's like, talk to you. And he's, there's that line. It says like she's she's fucking hopeful, you know. She's really hopeful. She's like you're fifteen, sixteen. He's like thirteen. And she's like, oh, that's why you tried to stick it in my butt. He didn't know. I will say that when she drops him off, she doesn't kiss the boy on the mouth. <laughs> he goes for it. And he goes for it, and she goes, "Nope, forehead. You're yeah. 13. Yep, we're stopping Cap- here. <laughs> she has made she's made the hard line in her head that this is inappropriate now. Yeah. Okay. But she kisses him on the head and he walks out of the car. And as he walks down the street, he becomes a child and looks back at her. And then it cuts to her face smiling at him. And she goes, well, at least I know he ages like a fine wine. He's going to turn into Hanks and it's going to be great. And she's smiling and then her smile drops. And that smile drops is because she realizes she's thinking about the sex that she had with a 13 year old. She... uh, She's gonna. Ha- she has trauma now, you know. Yeah, she definitely needs some fucking therapy. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
Josh, Josh, we'll see how he grows into his trauma. You know, like right now, he's 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 taking it in stride, kind of like a kid would with, with the with the kid worldview and all that. As he gets older, I'm sure. I'm sure that's he's gonna. It's gonna get a little bit. As he gets older, I'm sure that's gonna. He's gonna get a receipt, you know, for that. Yeah, it's it is problematic. It is for sharks problematic, but at least both parties are, um, uh, we'll say. Yeah, like, I don't want to put any, like, there's no blame on Susan. And you can't really, like you say, you can't put blame on Josh, because what the fuck is he supposed to do, you know? The only time that you put blame on Susan is when she says, hold on to my number. Yeah. Because it was just done when you you realized fully that he was 13. Yeah. There's no, like, come back to me when you're older. Yeah. Susan, it should have been, oh. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Full stop there. All right. You know, let's like, I, this is it. This is new information. And with this new information, I am stopping it here. Yeah. Don't say. (laughs) Don't, don't ever say, hold on to my number. Boy. Oh boy. People were asking me questions about comics today. And I didn't have answers for them because all I could think about was maybe you should hold on to my number. <laughs> it's all I could think about today. Yeah, right. My this... boss was asking me to show him some more techniques in how to press a comic to make sure that it's in better condition so you can sell it for more money. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, hold on to my number. Should I be pressing this book right now, or should I be questioning everything? It is, you are proving to everyone that this movie is indelible. It is, it is, (laughs) in many ways, uh, in many ways, this movie is, is like a very, it's like in many ways, this movie is like kind of now just. It's one of those films that you don't really. Need. If someone mentions, you don't really need to question it. You know, it's kind of like it's just in the fibers of. Uh, it's in the fibers of culture now. Big is a touchstone. Like I said, it is. It's a great fucking film. It is a. <laughs> one of the most. It, uh, like wildly inverse ways to go about a coming of age film, you know, it it's 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 really it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> and even it, it, oh, I don't want to say like even with it because like I don't like judging a film on something of the day that was kind of glanced over, especially when it wasn't done. As if to appear that's okay. You know, nothing was done here to glorify the fact that, like, hey, you fucking nailed an older, you know, you nailed an older broad. Nothing was done there, you know. Everyone was just kind of like, it, it, I guess it handled it as 
the best it could have <laughs> uh, with with having with having what happened happened. <laughs> I don't know, man. But it, what I was saying, like even even with uh, that stuff that we just spent a whole bunch of time talking about, it is a incredible picture. Like this film, um, I could watch forever in a fucking day. It is quotable. Um, there's just something about the way it's shot. It's one of those movies I can just put in the background and fucking forget about and just be at peace with the with the static sound it, it gives to the room. You know, it just it's just I know it beat by beat. It's. I think it, I think it is just massively crafted. I don't know. It, it, like there's something incredibly charming about it. Way way more that that's kind of like effortless in its charm too. You know, maybe it's and I like it probably has a lot to do with all the moving parts with it. Tom Hanks being a big part, you know, but Penny Marshall directing it, you know, all that shit. It's a film that did define my childhood. More so than it defined my day. Um, I love this movie, but it's a good thing that I haven't watched it in nine years because my whole fucking day is shot. I think like a podcaster brain, you know, podcaster eyes. It is a hell of a trip for that, for, for something that has to talk for someone that has to talk at length about whatever they witness. It is a hell of a trip. I mean, yeah, you could you could just do surface level shit, but but we 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 beat things to death, and we're gonna analyze the things our weird fucking brains um are gonna are choose to latch onto. And in this case, like, so for the end of the movie, like I know that we're trying to wrap up and everything, but like when I like looked at the time left on the movie. And then when Billy walks in and gives him the like, you're a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Like the the person that was watching the film went, the turn to go into the end of this film came really fucking hard. And I feel like it went too quickly. And then there was a part of me that was like, let's stop thinking like that. Start thinking about how devastating it is with your best, best friend tells you to fuck off and you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Think about how your brain is going to start working and how you're going to be just a zombie all day because you just had this fight that you've never had with your best friend. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, actually, that's the perfect way to end it where he's just like, no, I'm going. I, I have to make things right with this guy. Like, I can't jeopardize yeah. the friendship that's going to last my whole life. Like, him and I are supposed to be on rocking chairs when we're dying. Mm-hmm. And this, this just kind of throttled me out of my vacation I was having here. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the podcast brain, like I had to there, you have to turn it off for big kind of. Yeah. And you have to go into like, would I have acted like this when I was 12 and 13? And when I was 13, like the main thing that I was trying to do was, uh, I had this friend named Noah and Noah's parents gave him the master bedroom 
and it was kind of a master apartment. It had a room attached to it that had a little kitchen in it. And the parents never came back to check on us. So when I was 13, it was kind of about being in that back apartment, bringing girls, uh, drinking like I was an experienced drinker, but I was 13, so I definitely wasn't. <laughs> getting high and fingering girls in that room. Mm -hmm. And that's all I thought about at all times and making sure that me and Noah were going to be as close as we could be. Cause that was best friends material. Mm -hmm. And when Noah and I just kind of grew apart, like that happened later in life. So it wasn't one of those things, but if like Noah and I got into a fight, like shit was, done like i couldn't think about anything except for making it better and i think he had the same thing in his brain but yeah you know he heard his well yeah he heard his best friend he like he heard his best friend and in turn his best friend lashed out at him and like like i said it, it, it uh, shook him out of where he was which was in someone else's mind and someone else's body uh, yeah like yes it's him but you know it's a fucking 30-year-old 30 30 head. Um, yeah, I mean, like, all in all, we'll wrap it up here. I like the movie. I love the movie, honestly. Uh, it did ruin my day. And I don't even know if it ruined it. It, it put you in a headspace, that's all. Just put you in a headspace where, where you had to think about things. Listen, knew, I'm the, I'm the assistant manager of a command, of a command, because I'm looking at the galoob thing again. <laughs> I'm the assistant manager of a comic book store, and that doesn't really require much brain power, so I could be caught up in this. I'm the assistant operator of a truck of pillar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't get to do it, but I do get to decide which way it goes. <laughs> and I do get to decide if the guns on the back are loaded. <laughs> Can we put that on, like, the, the, uh, the Patreon goal? <laughs> like, like in like parentheses for <laughs> I'll I'll update the Patreon goal right now. Also get a truck a pillar. I think truck a pillar was purely e exclusive to the big universe because I'm not seeing it under that name. I mean, I am when you Google it, but every box it's called uh we just said it the big command. The giant 32, command 32. Yeah, the command 32. Because, yeah, I think Truck of Pillar was purely, purely what they called it because they couldn't call it a Giant Command 32. And also that name sucks. Yeah, so, it does. So they're like, Truck of Pillar. <laughs> yeah, look at this motherfucker. I'm seeing one for 300, but it's just the front end. You got to have it all. So this one here for starting bid $500. That, like, that's, that's the one. Yeah, complete complete box. The box is in pretty rough shape, but everything's in there, baby. Complete with leader sixteen, grip iron, and turbo jet power cab. Truck pillar. <laughs> Patreon. Uh, that's one of our goals to have a truck pillar in in the ranger room, just rolling around. <laughs> I mean, I figure the truck pillar will live at your house. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. because of the impending changes to the ranger room. Yeah. Because uh, of someone moving into my house, she has to get office space in this room as well. Oh. 
Well, that's exciting. So, yes, Truckapillar will live here. Yeah. The ranger room might actually just be at your house from now on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, which means that the canvas print will have to go to your place. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. I'm sorry for everything. You get the audio of a fucking Billy saying truck pillar. Oh yeah, for sure. That'll be in here. Um, I'm sorry for everything. That's all I got to say. Follow us on the socials, which you already do. Thank you everybody for being a part of the discord, except for you, John, you dumb fuck. Thank you for your money. February starts next week. We're going to start. We're not telling you what off of your lists that we're choosing. We're not telling you. You will find out on your week. Mm -hmm. Which will be labeled on the little picture. Just just to let you know. A little extra special. Yeah. It'll say Storm's pick. Yase's pick. Sean's pick. Dumb fucking John's pick. (laughs) Or if John doesn't get us a pick, it's going to be our pick for John, a movie that we think represents John. Yeah. Or not. Or a show. Yeah, we we just, we who knows? Yeah. But that's that's the excitement of February. uh, February. That's the excitement of February. No yep. affiliation with Subway. None. You know what? I will I will exclusively eat a Subway sandwich before each recording. <laughs> and I think what I'm going to do for the first week is I'm going to go to Subway and I'm going to get a chicken bacon ranch. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to ask them to add meatballs. I like, mm-hmm. I like where you're going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chicken we'll see. Ranch with meatballs. That's a CB. That's a CBR plus M. Yeah. Yes, sir. Sauce, cheese, the whole fucking thing, baby. If you're gonna join us on this subway thing, send us your creations. If we haven't recorded your episode yet, we'll eat your sandwich, or I'll eat your sandwich before. <laughs> I'm not gonna make promises for Freddie. <laughs> Uh, I like that though. I like that little wrinkle there. I'll 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 message that in the Discord right now. Also, tell us your your favorite sandwich from Subway. Yeah, because they're not going to hear this until next week. Yeah. Okay, that'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, Rainer, Rainer loves a sandwich. I'll tell you that much. Go. They to- love. Go to rainer.bandcamp.com. Listen to the theme song. Thank them for our... Well, we'll thank them. You don't have to thank them. If you thank them, thank them with money. Um, We'll thank them for the use of our, our theme song, Power Playthrough. Those boys were so nice to do that for us. They didn't have to. They're so not problematic, but they love a Cuban sandwich. Oh, my God, they do. You and do. Rory, I call him Reuben Rory on the regular. <laughs> and he definitely knows that. he knows that. So what we want you to do is you go to your uh, local sandwich shop 
and you point at the board and you say, I want a, I want a Raymond. And when they proceed to act like dumb fucks with you and say, we don't know what that is. You go up to that sandwich board and you point out that fucking Reuben sandwich and, mm-hmm. I, and say, I said, I want a Rainer. And then you pay them and tip them because that's what you do. And when they say, how much sauerkraut do you want on this? You say more. And then they go, what? And you said, you go, I said more. And you raise your, you raise your voice to them. But then you also tip them a little more because they didn't deserve that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anytime I go to a sandwich shop and I get at least a foot long, I tell them that they have to write Rainer with the ranch or the mayonnaise. Whatever sauce I'm getting on top, yeah. they have to write the word yeah. Rainer with a Y. Yep. And there and that's that's two reasons for my love for the band and my love for Kyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is well documented. This loyalty runs deep. You get the mm-hmm. south get that southwest that southwest mail on my sandwich. It better spell out my love for Vegas's favorite band. Yeah, that's All just, right. That's just hard truth. You know what else is hard truth? This episode's fucking over. We're gonna find out who they really are.